Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Tuesday, September 15th, as always with the weird pronunciation of the days of the week. Uh, I don't know why that's become like my thing as part of the intro lately. Uh, my name is Javier Reyes, your host of this year, Lockdown Padres Podcast. Uh, check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno, which is spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E. And if you feel so inclined, please hit me up on there, uh, either accounts or the Gmail, which is LockdownPirates at gmail.com with any questions, comments, or concerns you might have. And I'll do my very best to uh, answer them here on the show. I think that that would be uh, really cool. Uh, I'm saying that even though this upcoming kind of few episodes is a mailbag, as you guys saw with the the Twitter thing yesterday. You know what I mean? Always send me your questions and whatnot. But, um, you know, for the next couple episodes, I will be answering your questions with a very special guest, Mr. John Gennaro, formerly of SB nation that's coming up for you guys but before we like get into that wanted to go over a couple things number one uh i missed yesterday's episode my bad just really got stuck up and uh crammed with work i feel like i've been pretty good on the episodes and haven't really missed one in a while so hopefully you guys can forgive me for that and uh, especially since i think it's a really cool one coming up and then yeah so that 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 happened and then we've got um i, I don't know if you guys are here we sorry about that i'm cracking my knuckles uh, sorry about that it's just a habit i have um last night's game uh, really great. Obviously, we won. So this podcast, I guess this first one is slightly out of date just because we recorded it uh, yesterday and first game of this Dodger series has already been played, but still uh, a great win for the Padres. Lament looked great as per usual. Same thing. And same thing admittedly goes for Kershaw. If not for kind of an inning that I, I um kind of in the moment was thinking it reminded me almost like a, a Texas Rangers in the that divisional wild card series against the Blue Jays when they had that one inning where they just made all the mistakes and it was a high leverage you know kind of high stakes game you know what I mean a lot of people are looking forward to this Dodgers series so it kind of reminded me a lot about that so did get very fortunate on the defensive side of things that the Dodgers really had a lot of lapses there uh, ranging from Muncie to Chris Taylor to whoever it was um, and even even on our side we had some lapses like when Manny Machado tried to run the third but anyway Still really great. Uh, And then lastly, I want to just say, I don't really want to talk about this. We actually talk about it somewhat uh, as part of the mailbag. In a way, we talk about uh, baseball culture and stuff, but... Big story of last night's game, aside from just the Padres winning, is definitely the Grisham kind of pipping his home run and the Dave Roberts kind of being a little bit upset by that and the Dodgers bench being kind of upset by that. I don't even like want to talk about it, to be perfectly honest with you. I feel like my feelings on this have been echoed to death I just feel like I've talked about this forever obviously with Tatis's 3-0 moment that was really kind of the apex of talking about unwritten rules and stuff but my feeling is wasn't as frustrating as the Tatis one but this one it was like look he pimped his home run and just get over it you know what I mean like I didn't I don't know guys I don't know about you but to me this is starting to just range on boring like if you're not with this stuff if your thing isn't I want people who even if you kind of hate them for it, if you don't want personality in baseball and you don't want a flair of the dramatic in baseball, I just don't know what you're doing. I just feel like you're you're outdated. It's antiquated. Uh, it's just not not for the time, you know. So my my take on that is Dodgers don't be kind of you know sore losers about it. Um, Grisham did he over exaggerate a little bit? Uh, yeah, definitely a little bit. I know uh, Jeff Snyder of Lockdown Dodgers, who's really is a, a such a great Dodgers fan, a really big fan of his. Uh, he mentioned like, don't get me wrong, but he's got to be careful not to pimp a home run that barely got over the got over the um 
that barely reached the seats. You know what I mean? It barely was a home run. So that would have been really embarrassing if it wasn't. Um, but otherwise, it was such a cool moment. And I felt I was like, oh, my gosh, I actually called that. I was talking with a friend while watching the game. And I was like, I think I, well, watch Grisham just take this one deep. And he did. So that was really great. But yeah, I, I don't really want to talk about it too much because we talk about unwritten rules a little bit in the podcast, uh, especially in the f- future parts. That's right. This is going to be a multi-part episode, uh, multi-part uh saga i guess you could say uh, a trio is what i'm expecting uh the first part we're talking our thoughts on the the team in general and coming off of that san francisco series and what we're looking forward to in the dodgers series uh really cool thoughts from john and it's it really was fun having him on considering that you know I listened to uh, the Gaslamp Ball podcast, you know, and I listened to that for a while, and I especially started listening to it uh, more this year, obviously, because I cover the team now, so it was always a great listen, and um, hopefully, you know, rooting for him to see what he does next, and I can't wait to see what he does next, I guess, but uh, it was really uh, kind of him to join my, you know, schmuck of a self and my silly podcast that I do here. But yeah, without further ado, guys, let's, I've been talking too much. Uh, let's let the good times keep rolling, everybody. Let's go. All right, everybody, as promised, as prophesized, I'm being joined by a very special guest, uh, formerly of SB Nation. And is a, I guess you could say, because formerly is a high profile free agent now, like a Yasiel Puig or, or actually, I don't know if that's a, that's the best cop of the world. But uh, <laughs> who who would you consider yourself out of free agents? I guess what what would like your what would your comp be? Do you have one? It's it's not the worst comp in the world. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Like it, at this point in this season, if you're a free agent, it means that you're uh, not good enough to be a major league baseball player for one reason or another. And I hope <laughs> to not be compared to any of those people. <laughs> So maybe not the best way to start off, but instead let me let me keep push push through this. Uh, uh, you might know him uh, mostly from uh, the aforementioned SB Nation, um, for making the rounds at Gaslight Ball and the Make the Padres Great Again podcast. Uh, a name for a podcast that admittedly triggered me just a little bit, but still I love the pod. It is John Janeiro. How are you, sir? I'm good. Um, both me and my co-host Craig Elston hate the name of our podcast. We've tried to change it. <laughs> um several times and every time the we essentially leave it in the hands of our listeners who always overwhelmingly vote for us to keep it um so yeah i'm i'm with you there on being slightly triggered by it yeah i mean it happens sometimes you know i mean sometimes you get stuck with uh the name of something you don't necessarily love i mean i've had nicknames over the years that just drive me insane uh, because people just aren't trying sometimes with mine but anyways um just move on from that but basically, I invited John on because I thought it'd be fun to do a, a a mailbag and a reaction series because the Padres are super good right now, and they've got this huge series coming up against the Dodgers. Uh, at the time of listening to this, they should be uh, starting tonight, actually, and then they'll be in Game 2 by the time you guys hear the rest of it. Um, and I just figured, you know, celebrate the occasion of a, a good Padres team for once and having John on to kind of first talk about this San Francisco series and also... Uh, Looking forward to this Dodgers season. Then we'll get into the mailbag portion of the podcast, which should be a ton of fun. So uh, let me just kick things off and say, what are some initial reactions from the San Francisco series do you think that you have? Okay, so uh, just a a little bit of warning. Um, I (laughs) tend to not pay a lot of attention to, like, media coverage of the Padres, local or Mm -hmm. national um because there's there's only like even unemployed there's only so much time in my life that i can like pay attention to padres baseball um (laughs) because i'm fighting with my two and a half year old daughter for the tv uh so (laughs) i don't know uh what the status of chris paddock is do you Mm -hmm. have they come out and said anything about his his injury that he left the game with because that to me is kind of like 
as as rough of a season as he's had that to me is a question mark uh coming out of this series as far as like how okay is paddock and how does that change the pitching rotation for the next couple of weeks yeah it's it seems like he just kind of like messed up the ankle a little bit it doesn't seem like it's going to be too serious but maybe he might miss the next start um i haven't seen too much either honestly in terms of just like uh, how long he's going to be hurt. But yeah, it looks like he just kind of tweaked his ankle a bit. Um, but you're right. Uh, definitely not the the greatest of seasons for Chris Paddock. Um, and there's definitely some more of him that we'll be talking about on the podcast. But um, it doesn't seem like it's uh, it's too bad for him. It doesn't seem like it's going to be a, a major DL stint or anything like that. Okay. So we can, I guess we can get into that when we get to the, the Dodgers uh, series looking forward. Mm-hmm. Um, looking back at the Giants series, I think, this was really important because the Giants were coming into the series feeling like they were hot and the Padres were hot and feeling mm-hmm. somewhat equal and even. And the Padres did an absolutely amazing job of showing them that the Giants are not anywhere near the level that the Padres are at right now. Um, that was awesome to see them like kind of put their foot on the the throat of the 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 lesser opponent and show them who was boss. That's a, something we haven't really seen from the Padres in twenty something years. Right. Um, I loved, loved, loved what I saw from the pitching staff. I mean, the the offense Mm -hmm. is great, right? And the offense has been great all year. The Padres are like second in home runs. I think they're second in run scores. Like they're basically second in every team offensive category behind the LA Dodgers. I loved their ability in this series to score runs basically without hitting uh, or or especially without hitting home runs. Um, They just kept working Mm -hmm. the count, getting on base, stealing bases, taking extra bases. Uh, it was a cool kind of like they they were grinding out even when they were up four or five, um, and everything just kind of clicked with the pitching staff even when Paddock went down. So it was it was lovely. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Especially I remember early on in the season, I was like, you know, don't get me wrong, I enjoy all the home runs, really great, a lot of fun. But it's and this is definitely like an embarrassment of riches things where it's a good problem to have where you're like, is this a, t- a team that's too dependent on the home run ball? But I think we've been seeing like, like Myers had like a triple and a double the other day. Um, you got hits from Greg Garcia, who I still kind of like. Um, just getting it from places that – from everywhere, you know what I mean? And with, you know, people coming back to the lineup um, over and over. The other thing is even when Tatis is in a slump, by his standards, by the way, let me just point that out, by his standards, it's a slump. Um, you know, guys keep stepping up, and I think that's been really good. But I agree with you. Um, the Giants were super hot. I was talking with the, another person recently about the Giants, and – while I don't think that they have a better roster at all than the Padres, and I think that they were yet again uh, outplaying their metrics and just their overall talent, uh, it was still a team. You know what I mean? It was still this team that I thought could still be kind of competitive against them. So it's just so satisfying to get the answer to that. The answer is no. <laughs> um, the answer is they're absolutely not at the same level. Um, and now we're playing a team that is absolutely on the same level and probably better. And that's the Dodgers. I, I don't know about you. I don't really have much more to say about the Giants series. Um, it was a nice start from Clevenger. Got the best start from Clevenger yesterday. That was really cool. But for the Dodgers, I don't know about you, John. They seem scared to me. I don't know. It feels like the, Do- not the, not the players, but the fans seem a little scared to me. I don't know if this is just a Twitter thing. I don't know if I'm reading too much into reactions from their fans, but you know, this is like the biggest series is this the biggest series that the Padres have somehow played in like a, a decade? Like maybe since 2010? Probably. Yeah. The The last time there was a series this big was probably the, the end of the 2010 season against the, mm-hmm. the Giants. Um, 
Yeah, it's it's a big, big series, including the the third game is on national TV. It's an ESPN game. Um, and yeah, it's essentially the best team in the NL versus the second best team in the NL. Uh, they're close in, in proximity as far as location. Uh, the fan bases tend to hate each other. Um, it should be amazing. And and <laughs> Clevenger just went against the Giants, so he won't go against the Dodgers. But like, yeah, L- Lament is going to be hard for the Dodgers to to tag. He usually is. Um, Davies gets uh, yet another chance to to impress the hell out of us, and then uh, just kind of big question mark as far as who goes up against Dustin May on Wednesday and on the the ESPN game. That's true. That's true. I, I'm not totally sure what they're going to do there. If there's one like gripe with the Padres is that they're, they kind of had the, a lot of these starts where they have to do a mixture of bullpen guys, whether it be Marone or uh, uh, Luis Perdermo, who I think they just recalled back, but you get what I mean. Like it hasn't been like an all season uh, thing where, which with a consistent start, I mean, Lucchese went like two starts and they sent him down. Um, so I'm really curious to see how that pans out. But yeah, this is like somehow the biggest series, like which says a lot, by the way. Not not a lot of good things about the, the Padres history, but it's definitely um a series I'm looking forward to, even as football is starting up, my addiction, my vice known as uh American football, which grabs me in every year for better and always always worse vroom 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 everybody that's right making my little car sounds because i just want to take a quick break to talk to you guys about rockauto.com one of the great websites for all your car sort of needs do i know anything about cars no i do not but i know that these guys are dope and you know what else i'm a big fan of fast and furious and i'm a big fan of mr dominic toretto and you know what matters to that character you know what matters to the character that is played by our lord savior uh vin diesel you know what matters the most family and first and foremost oddly and uniquely and co- Coincidentally enough is that rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything you need from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamp, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer best of all best of all prices at rockauto.com they're always reliably low and they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers why and i really need you guys to think deep just think deep for a second why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts does that make literally any sense no it does not so go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how'd you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection reliable prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com but still i'm really excited for the series do you think that is there do you do you expect the Padres to be super competitive in this do you think that they're going to potentially beat them and if they do i think they're currently actually right now they would play the marlins in the playoffs which is interesting but uh, how do you feel about like the matchup right now do you think that there's anything we can learn from it potentially depending on how they do i mean i i think they obviously want to go in and they want to prove to the Dodgers and prove to themselves that they can win a series. Mm-hmm. And and what's funny is like, um, you know, all year long we talked about like, Oh, maybe the Padres can get, catch the Dodgers in a three game series. Well, now they're so good that, you know, by the time they catch the Dodgers, it probably won't be a three game series. It'll probably be a seven game series because mm-hmm. it probably won't be the first series of the playoffs. Uh, but they want to prove to themselves. I think that they can take two out of three from the Dodgers. Um, even like, you know Tatis is going to turn around at some point if he turns it around mm-hmm. and everyone and the whole offense stays good and 
you get good outings from Lament and Davies. The bullpen has been quietly amazing for like yeah. weeks now. Um, yeah, I think they've I think the Padres want to prove to themselves that they can beat the Dodgers in a three-game series. I don't think the Dodgers care as much. Uh, and it's good to know that like there's 11 games left in the the season and eight of them are just against crap teams for the Padres. So yeah. like, this is this is their last real challenge before the playoffs. So they have to show like we're ready for this. We're not we're not the Marlins. We're not like this team that kind of quietly got hot and no one can figure out why. Like they have seven, eight good hitters every night. They have three or four really good pitchers in their starting rotation. The bullpen's coming together. They want to prove that um, even though this season is a little fluky because it's only ten mo- or two months long as opposed mm-hmm. to five months long, uh, I do think that this is going to be kind of a confidence maker for the team, that they'll they'll try really hard to right. take two or three for the Dodgers, and if they do, they'll walk out of it going like, we're ready, no one can beat us. That's right, that's right. And I, I think you, you raised a good point where it's like, I think, you know, you touched on a little bit, like I think that the national attention, most like people who don't, follow the Padres like we do I think they just assume that this is a team just with just a juggernaut offense and they look at Tatis and Machado and whatnot and I think that one of the things people it's they're kind of a complete team I mean and you mentioned with the bullpen the bullpen has been great for like I don't know like two plus weeks now basically ever since they were the worst in baseball they've become quietly kind of uh, one of the best actually I think they have the third lowest ERA in the majors since in the, like the second half ish stretch, I guess you could call it, which is so weird to say, by the way, which is 30 games. That's the second half. But uh, that and then you have these starters who have been just awesome with uh, Lamette and Davies. And, you know, Paddock has been disappointing, but he hasn't been, you know, this isn't like uh, I don't even know, like a, this isn't Mike Minor. This isn't, you know, Otani's disastrous type of start this year. You know, you can still serviceable. And same thing goes for Richard, just still serviceable in a way. And then they trade for Clevenger. So I think that there's a there's other aspects to this team that people maybe aren't always talking about. And hopefully they can kind of, you know, pull through in that respect. I'm always looking for like comps in my head to like other teams. Mm-hmm. And, and some of this is just trying to be like an optimist. But uh, I was thinking earlier today about the World Series champions from last year, the the Washington Nationals, which, you know, were a significantly less talented team than the, the L.A. Dodgers and, and even the Houston Astros. But they just had a bit of magic, right? Like they had um, Juan Soto, who's kind of their version of Fernando Tatis. Uh, they had the third baseman whose name I never remember, who's an angel now. Um, <laughs> that's going to bother me. Uh, goatee guy. I'm just going to call him. Um, Rendon? Rendon? Rendon. They had Anthony Rendon. Go. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so they, 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 like, they had some of the same offensive pieces. Um, from a starting rotation point, they essentially had two aces and, and some good players, good pitchers after that. They had a pretty strong bullpen. Um, they're, they, but they caught like magic, right? They caught magic mm-hmm. in a jar and just, uh, rode it all the way to a world series title. And I think the same thing can happen with the Padres. And part of the reason that like in years past, they just haven't been very good period full stop, um, is I shouldn't have put a period in the middle of my sentence is, uh, their lineup would always have like four good hitters, maybe five, which meant like 50-ish percent of the lineup, you could just pitch two. You know, you get in a jam with the first three guys, you just, screw it, let's walk them, and we'll face, you know, hitters four, five, and six, because we know five and six will strike out, and, you know, seven will hit into a a ground ball. Like, you could always pitch to Mm -hmm. the weak part of the lineup. And now, I mean, I I just looked at the lineup for tonight, and once again, even without Hosmer in there, 
uh, and even without Mitch Moreland in there because they're facing Kershaw, uh, so they don't want the lefty-lefty matchup, they still have like seven, eight good proven hitters in there. Like that's that's what a good playoff team looks like. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent, man. Um, and that, that that for like a it's it's but the other thing is like with the lineup. Um, I I love how if Jerickson Profar is like your worst player, that's usually a pretty good sign, especially with how he's been playing lately. God, I love he's so much fun to watch. I love Profar. Um, anyway. My last uh, question I wanted to ask now, uh, last topic, I guess you could say, before we get into the mailbag questions, um, what's the, I feel like this has been a, a topic of conversation, a topic of debate, almost controversy. What's your take on Jace Tingler? Oh, I think he's like, I think it was a little bit of a rough start, but part mm-hmm. of the reason for that was every game essentially meant as much as three normal games. Right. And so we were all, you know, worried when he was kind of working out the kinks earlier in the season and losing games with like his really strange bullpen usage. And, um, you know, I, I tweeted about this a couple hours ago, but like his lineups for the first few weeks were really like head scratchingly strange. Uh, and now he has um, fallen into or settled into a nice little rhythm with the lineups. Uh, he has settled into a nice rhythm with the bullpen where he's getting effective use out of everybody. Um, and I think that the clubhouse is, is really working in a way that, that it didn't under, under Andy Green or, uh, even Bud Black. So, uh, I think he's doing a a tremendous job in, um, a a pretty tough situation. Uh, Mm -hmm. it helps to have, you know, some really talented guys on your team, but, um, I mean, it's, you could just point at Will Myers really and be like, yeah, that's a guy who we've always known had tons of talent and just kind of needed to find a way to get comfortable in his situation. And that's like a managerial thing to, to get a guy feeling comfortable every day when he's out there in the batter's box and in the field. Mm-hmm. And we were all screaming to start the year. Like you cannot put Will Myers in right field. He's terrible out there. You can't bat him fifth. He's not a good. And Jace just went like, no, I believe in will. And that, that meant a lot to him, obviously. So um, I think Jace uh, has done a really good job. I, I think we're six weeks into the season. I think his first three weeks were pretty rough. I think since then, yeah, he has adapted in some really, really strong and powerful ways. Uh, and I, I, you know, rookie manager, I, I'm sure he's going to ha- make more mistakes, and especially in the playoffs. But um, I like what I've seen from him. You know, total package. Right, and to a degree, I'm of the blue. I I think the only time I was actually like objectively super hundred percent upset was the whole Tatis 3-0 thing, which I don't want to get into that too much more. It's been done to death. Honestly, everyone's talked about it too much, just the response. And thankfully I feel like he backtracked and kind of, you know, went back on that. He had some funny comments after they kept winning after that, where he's like, all right, everybody's ignoring my signs. Apparently uh, like, I, I think he recovered from that, but that was the only time I was a little frustrated that, you, you know, you got, you got to stand by your star, but otherwise my thing is like, yeah, the bullpen management was weird, but also, he didn't tell guys like Kirby Yates to be- almost blow a game early on in the season, you know what I mean? And then blow one game early on in the season, you know what I mean? He didn't tell them to give up, like, all these home runs and stuff, you know? So it's almost like the worst-case scenario happened for the the bullpen guys that he brought in, maybe that he shouldn't have brought in. We could, You could debate that. But it was, like, the worst-case scenario. You're giving up home runs to Escobar, and they get to— Remember when they got swept by the D-backs? That feels like it was seven months ago. You know, now all of a sudden the team is just completely different and kind of the perspective on them is completely different. 
Yeah, we all thought the season was over at that point. It was, <laughs> yeah, and and, did. and and after the thing happened with Tatis on, on 3-0, uh, you know, most of Padres' Twitter was basically saying he'll never recover from that. I'll never forgive him for that. You might as well just fire him now. Uh, <laughs> and I, I imagine they feel differently now. I don't know if they do, but I imagine they mm-hmm. do. Yeah, definitely. I, I think that they there, there seems to be like a vibe like it was a little bit of a stumble. Um, but whatever happened, it seems hopefully, hopefully, we don't know for sure that they've kind of uh, left it behind them. And cut, everybody. That is it for the, I have to cut it off there, right? We got uh, parts two and three coming of this kind of John Gennaro special, I guess you could say. Uh, again, thanks to John for coming on the podcast for just such a lengthy amount of time. It was much longer than I initially expected we were going to do, but we did have this time, so I felt like let me split it up. We're going to get into the mailbag tomorrow. Uh, two mailbags because we had some really good conversations and a lot of silly questions got set by way, of course. Um, um, and tomorrow I'm actually going to answer uh, by myself some questions that people sent in after the fact that I had already recorded with John. You know what I mean? So I, I just I don't want to ignore those people. There were a couple questions sent in that I'll answer at the top of tomorrow's episode probably or at the end. I don't know. Whichever one. Uh, so I'll do that for sure. Don't worry, guys. I always will answer your questions no matter what. Um, but yeah, with that all being said, guys, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, the Overcast app, whatever. Whatever you use, it'll be on there. I, I promise you. You know, uh, go follow the show or myself on Twitter. Send me some nice reviews on iTunes if you'd like. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My Friday Faithful homies, take care.